What? That you'd slap me? Mm-hmm. Well, let me just say I'm sorry. Why are you sorry? Because we just recorded a whole episode. And I saw like this. So we got to re record. That's fine. And. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is bad, I know, that we have to re record. Okay, let's, let's do this. Okay, we're going to do this. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number seven of the Battle of Ontario podcast. I am your host, David Celebre, as always, alongside my co-host, Alicia Scudelaire. We thank you very much for joining us, and we're going to jump right into it. we got a lot of news and action in and around the NHL. For starters, we have a few players who have requested trades out of their respectful teams. We will start with Victor Mete wanting out of Montreal because he is not getting the ice time that he wants, nor is he even getting into the lineup. He's not playing at all. They're he not played, playing. what, one or two games? I think he played one or two games, and even then it was a little suspect that he was in there. So with the resurgence of a player like uh, Romanov, who has been, playing, an, who's been playing great, and now that Montreal back end is more crowded than ever with guys like uh, Ben Chirot and obviously Shea Weber and Jeff Petrie, now Romanov, Victor Mete doesn't fit into their future plans. So he has requested a trade out of Montreal. Some potential suitors for Mete? We got Pittsburgh and Philly. Wow, those are a couple of suitors that could I mean, land. his contract is not big. It's only 700000 Yeah, he's still a rookie. So, I mean, he, he is good that, to have uh, on someone's team. Um, he did not have very good plus-minus rating near the end of his first full season. He was top in minus rating at one point. So he does have a lot of work to do in that department, but you need a, he needs to go to another team. It's too crowded for him. Fresh yeah. start for Victor Mete. Wish him all the best. Hopefully he gets that trade ASAP. Your time is done in Montreal. Au revoir. <laughs> Au revoir. Victor Mete. Victor Mete. Uh, another player who had requested a trade was an interesting one. Sam Bennett of the Calgary Flames had requested a trade out of Calgary. He's obviously not happy there. And a few teams have been thrown into the mix of potential landing spots. The most interesting being the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like always, Dave. Which is beautiful. Because every player that is apparently wanting to hit the trade market, who's connecting with them? The Maple Leafs. Every the sports Leafs. reporter, every analyst. Because it's, we're you know the what? Best. I'm getting a little sick of it. Because we're the best. No, it's not because you're us. the best. Because you guys don't have anything else okay, to well, write about. I, I, I get where you're going with this. And we had talked about this before. And I think an important point to see, to understand about all this is yeah, the Maple Leafs get the majority of the attention and publicity when it comes to heavy hockey news. And yeah, the Leafs are going to be one of the first names mentioned out there because they're one of the more popular teams, especially right now. But you have to understand it from a business standpoint with these, with the media and these TV and radio stations. The Leafs generate more money than any other team in the NHL and more attention than any other team in the NHL, especially right now. Therefore, any news they generate means more attention and therefore more money or publicity for the reporting station. 
So if TSN or Sportsnet has Leaf news that they want to share, they're going to put it at the front of their program because that is what people come but to see. But my point is they always want to make it about the Leafs. Because we're everyone just wants to Cut be it out. us. I'm over it. Everyone wants to be <laughs> So we're going to jump in. So interesting that Sam Bennett is mentioned with the Leafs. We're going to talk about that a little later on in the podcast. One little thing I want to talk about is that there was a major gaffe in the game Sunday afternoon before that oh-so-boring Super Bowl game that we watched on Sunday night. Was, Terrible. Yeah. Something that was a little more interesting was during the Carolina and Columbus game, the game was tied at three, and it was a very close game, and Carolina goes up 4-3 on a goal by Vincent Trocek, I believe it was. John Tortorella challenged the offside because he thought that one of the players was offside right before the goal. Refs reviewed it on the replay. It did look like he was offside. But according to the refs, they didn't have enough conclusive evidence, so they weren't granted a goal. And what happens when you challenge a play in the NHL, not only do you lose the challenge, you're penalized for delay of game. Which, which is dumb. It's dumb as in its own rule. I think you that. just lose your time out. Do what the NFL does. Yeah, I, I agree. Because that's it's, it's kind of dumb. You're already taking the risk by losing your time out. Because mistakes happen. And that's why these challenges were thrown in there. And so now he loses. Now he gets now he gets penalized. The interesting thing that happened is near the when the period ended, the war room in Toronto called down, apparently called down to the refs to tell them that they made a mistake. The refs then went over to Tortorella and said, hey, listen, we made a mistake. We're going to take away your penalty. Okay, you don't have a penalty anymore. And Tortorella is sitting there like, okay, what about the goal? Oh, we can't take away the goal anymore. Okay, so, so what, what does was that the really point? do? What See did you do? Too? You were just trying to make him oh. feel good by taking away the penalty? When in reality, you should have done the right job the first time. I don't know how they couldn't see it especially on the replay, it was clearly offside. I remember sitting on my coach and be like, what was so hard to call this call? It was it was, it was, was really And of different. course, the replays happen in Toronto. <laughs> like Toronto had something to do with it. You know, they did lose to Columbus, but whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, good point. Um, the, the league, yeah, I dropped the ball there. And, and this whole replay thing is a mess. Um, it keeps going back and forth. I don't think they know what to do with it take away it all together or just they need to be more consistent and i think it goes with the actual penalties that are being called as well in this young season the penalties the lack of penalties the play on the ice affected by the referees it is really taking its toll i'm not just talking about one team i'm talking across the board and it might have to do with the fact that the same refs have to stay within their division do they start playing favorites i mean they're only human yeah, but what they're calling, most of the stuff that they're calling, Dave, it's soft calls. Yeah, they are soft calls, very soft calls. It's like, let them play. And I hate when they always say, oh, you know, we're in the playoff, when it comes to playoff time, they're going to let them play. Yeah, but that happens Work still, harder. too. No, well, do it from the beginning. Do yeah. it from day one and be consistent. They're not consistent at all. I agree. So NHL, wake up. <laughs> yeah, something's got to change with that. I just want to talk about the COVID update quickly. Uh the NHL revised the protocol, the COVID protocol that they had in place because of the recent slate of games that have been postponed. Those games that have been postponed, the number of games have has increased and it keeps happening and they need to change something. So they felt by doing a few things, this would help that. For one, they got rid of the glass behind the bench. So now there's no glass between the seats and the bench, but there's no fans, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. Some of you older listeners... 
it reminds you of the old Montreal Forum that didn't have glass behind the bench, so fans were free to yell directly at the coach or the players. And, and it Which happened. was entertaining. It was very entertaining, but in this day and age, that can't happen. So uh, they felt that removing the glass would allow for better airflow with with all those people on the bench, coaches, players alike. And it on paper, it kind of makes sense, but in reality, who knows? I mean, they're doing what they have to do to keep the players and the coaches' staff, staff safe. Um, they've also implemented more, they want to implement more rapid testing so that they can find out the results of tests quicker and thus have more effective contract tracing and possibly preventing games from actually being canceled. So that's another th- good thing that they can do. One of the more important ones is that players are not allowed to, sh- they're not allowed to show up two hours before game time. This is to protect the rest of the people in the arena as well. To keep people separated and decrease the chance of that con- contact tracing where people might have COVID and might interact with players who don't have it or people who don't have it and vice versa. So they felt that having the arena staff or NHL officials or whoever come in before the players and then the players come in rather than all coming in at once would protect them. They're watching the traffic flow. Exactly. And what that's going to do, however, we know how NHL players are. NHL players can be very superstitious. A lot of NHL players like to show up three, four hours before game time. Get into the dress room. Talk a little bit. Do a little bit of stretching before they even throw their equipment on. You see some players standing on the bench doing their tape. You see sometimes the goalies. I know Holtby does that thing with his eyes, that weird thing where he's looking back, back and, and forth, forth. And he's not dressed yet. And and there's hours that are that until game time. This messes with players' rituals. And... It's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how this affects the players, but it is very important because you want to protect not only the players but the staff who comes to work each and every night to those hockey games. So we're going to jump right into the Battle of Ontario segment where we talk about both the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators past week, and we're going to start with the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Lish gets so mad when you can see her face turning red every time I play that. The Leafs had a very successful week, even though they did only play two games versus the Vancouver Canucks, the lowly Vancouver Canucks, I should say. They beat them by a score of seven to three, as well as five to one. The Leafs had a complete game in both of those games, where every player did contribute positively in some way, shape, or form. Interesting things happen with the lineup, considering the injuries that they do have. To start, Hyman Matthews and Hyman Matthews and Marner still played together. Nylander, Tavares, and recently rejuvenated Wayne Simmons was moved up to the second line. McKay of Kerfoot and VC again a solid third line, and then Spezza, Boyd, and a surprise addition, Nick Patan, Whoa. was thrown into the fourth line. Now, I'll get into quickly Jason Spezza, who did score a hat-trick and had a hell of a game. Each goal that he scored was a nice goal. It wasn't any garbage goal or, or crash and bang goal. Nice, he that scored a it. clapper. He roofed one on a nice shot. He also made a nice deke and drive to the net for the hat-trick goal. In all fairness, Edler looked like the pylon out there i don't he know did. what he was doing well, that was an easy dangle I that guy is like 68 years old give yeah. him a break he shouldn't be in the league anymore 
but Spezza had a great game, and and it's nice to see Jason Spezza get back to his old form, or at least some of his old form of the player that we know he can be. And considering his age and his role on this team, he's a very important part of the Leafs this year for sure. And I know Lish is very upset and very down because he used she used to have Spezza on her team. I loved him. He was amazing, he, right? He was an amazing player for the Suns. And he still is for the Leafs. He's still in my heart. <laughs> I hate I hate that he's in blue though. Yeah. It really bothers me every time I look at him with but that it, laugh. But it <laughs> But it's great to see Spezza back in the lineup and contributing because he was out for that one game where he was thrown on waivers and Leaf Nation went crazy and thought that they were going to trade or he's going to lose them to waivers. Calm when... down, phony fans. Just relax, you fake fans. It was a roster move to make room for bringing another player up because Robinson had gone out. So Spezza had a great game. I think it's important to note his line mate, Travis Boyd, has come on strong and he's making a case to stay in the lineup each and every night. Um, he's not an old player by any means. He is an ex, well, he's a Stanley Cup champion with the Washington Capitals, so he does have a bit of experience in playing in big games. So he's showing that he belongs in the lineup, and he has some chemistry with Spezza, so we'll see. Um, a bit of negative news from this these two games. Wayne Simmons was having such a good week and a half, maybe two weeks, of scoring goals, contributing offensively and defensively as well being effective on both the power play and even strength. And in some freak injury, after scoring two goals, he breaks his wrist and he's out for six Honestly, weeks. Honestly, that sucks for the Leafs. I mean, like, he was playing great. He had, I don't know how many goals in the past two, three games. He was on fire. He was he was contributing and he, he won his way to the second line. And that's amazing to see from a guy like Wayne Simmons. And, and you, want, you want to see players like that succeed. You want to see... Um, you want to see players like that earn their spot, and they did. And coming from all those those past few years with New Jersey, Nashville, Buffalo, Buffalo. not doing well, he's a his career is kind of rejuvenated right now with this team, and he wants to be on this team, and he wants to play for this team, and he's contributing where he needs to. Well, not anymore. He'll be out for what two months. Yeah, thanks. He's out for like six. <laughs> Sorry, Leaf fans. Broke his, broke his wrist. So. Um, it's interesting to see who will come into the lineup and take his place. Robinson is on his way back. Thornton is also on his way back. But, like I mentioned before, Nick Patan was inserted in the lineup. And in the past, Nick Patan did not really showcase his ability or really show that he belongs in the lineup until the game that he came in. He is showing that he can make a case for staying with the big club as well. Another interesting note is Monday night, the Leafs played Vancouver for the final game of the three-game set. Because Simmons was out, there were a lot of questions about who replaces him on that second line. Now, rather than finding a replacement for him on the second line, Keith did what Keith usually does in these situations. He dressed seven defensemen and only 11 forwards. That seventh defenseman, finally, finally... Our boy Rasmus Sandin was inserted in the lineup for his first game of the season. It's about time we see Sandin. It was, it's been too long. Not Sandin. Not Sandin. Don't Calm get down. it twisted. Come on now. Rasmus Sandin finally got inserted in the lineup, albeit seventh defenseman. So while I'm happy that he got inserted in the lineup, it is kind of 
defeats the purpose of putting him in the lineup because now he's not going to get the ice time that he deserves to showcase his skill. And all you have to do is take a defenseman out. I mean, I would take Bogosian out, not because he's playing bad, because Bogosian, you know, he's Stanley Cup champion. He's he's a rough type of defenseman. He doesn't play a lot of minutes. So he doesn't need to be in the lineup every night. And the fact that he's keeping him in the lineup for with seven defensemen, it's kind of defeats the purpose of having Sandin there because now he's not been able to show what he can do with the big club. He needs time to work with it. A lot of people want Sandin to play a lot more because he's a really good player. And he can be a really good piece of the defensive So puzzle. take Bogosian out. Take him take out. Take Bogosian out. I wouldn't take Lettinen out because now no, Lettinen's finding, finally finding his game. Uh, he is playing the second power play, and he had a few points in these past couple games as well. So you you got to kind of play with that, that defenseman carousel because now Dermott's out, and those are the three you're going to cycle in, Bogosian, Lettinen, and Sandin. Because what happens when Robinson and Thornton come back? You're not going to address seven defensemen. No. you got to make a decision there. Before we move on from the Leafs, we have to talk about the Sam Bennett trade request. Toronto's name has been thrown out there because Sam Bennett has said in the past that he was a Leaf fan growing up. He is a local boy. Toronto could use a player like him. Of course they could. Yeah. And it's just about getting the right pieces in place for him to be traded here. On the positive, he looks like he'd be a good fit. Local boy... Big Leaf fan growing up, has the passion to perform, can really be slotted anywhere in the lineup, can give you both offensive and defensive help. However, on the negative or realistic side of it, the Leafs just can't afford them. You can't with the cap. you got to move pieces out. They're already $2.5 million over the cap. Sam Bennett costs $2.5 million. It won't work unless you move a player. Now, a lot of people said right away, move Kerfoot. Kerfoot, and on paper again, makes sense for Kerfoot to go to a team like Calgary. Calgary needs more of a third-line shutdown winger, and Kerfoot could be that guy. And Sam Bennett doesn't want to be that guy. He wants to be more of an offensively sound player. Kerfoot's cap hit of $3.5 million could make that room to have Bennett there. However, you take into account Robinson and, more importantly, Thornton on LTIR. Yeah. <laughs> you always have to throw that in there, right? Eh? <laughs> So it financially it doesn't make sense. So realistically, I don't think it will happen. It's not going to happen. And Do if I, I was Kyle, 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 you're on first name basis with yeah, Kyle Dubas. If I now? was Kyle, I will not pull the trigger on this. Or if I was Calgary, I wouldn't want a guy like Kerfoot. I would what? wait. No, I would wait to give Sam Bennett another chance. But you know what? It's it's it makes sense to get excited about it. Oh yeah. But at the same time, it's just not realistic for the no. Leafs or the Calgary Flames. And look what happened. After he said that he wanted to trade, he was a healthy scratch. Head coach Jeff Ward put him back in the lineup for the Saturday night game against Edmonton where they won 6-4. And he scored a goal. He scored a pretty big goal. He had a few shots, a few hits. He came to play. So maybe a little, little fire under his culo. Yeah, his Mr. little uh, Mr. Sam Bennett. So Jeff Ward putting a little coaching magic in there to get his player going. And uh, seemed to work. So maybe the fire has gone out on that potential Sam Bennett trade to Toronto. But crazier things have happened. So now we're going to move on to the Ottawa Senators. And their more promising week of hockey that they had. 
finally, Dave. We won a hockey game. Let's go. Congrats, I was so pumped. Congrats, congrats. And you know what? It was even more exciting that we won against Montreal. That was interesting to yeah. see. I didn't expect that. I had my buddy tweet me before the game saying, y'all ain't ready for the Toffoli smoke tonight. Ooh, Get out of here, buddy. The hockey said, gods no, heard know, that one. Yeah, the hockey gods heard that one for sure. And I tweeted back at him and I said, you just jinxed yourself, buddy. And it worked. And it worked. The yep. Ottawa Senators came up on top with a 3-2 victory over Montreal at the Bell Center, which was great. It was a very Stutzel good... Stutzel played amazing. Shabbat played amazing. It was just overall a great game. And I'll tell you why, Dave. Tell me why. Good team effort from the Sens. I was very impressed with it. Because DJ decided to put the young guys in the lineup. Brandstrom was finally called up. Yes. He had an assist and was a plus one in that game. Like which was fantastic him. for Brandstrom. Yep. He looks bigger. He looks stronger. He looks faster. And he looks like he's handling the puck way better this year. And we got him from the stone uh, trade from Vegas. Yes. So it's finally good to see these players actually perform well. You want to see those young players. This is a this is a fast league. It's no longer that league from the late 90s, early 2000s, where it was the rough and tumble game. You need your fast, quick, talented, skilled players out there on the ice. And Ottawa wasn't doing that. And... Do you think the coach and GM were listening to DJ that? and Dorian is listening to the pod? I think so. At this I, point. I think they are. They just don't want to admit it because it would look bad on them. But at the same time, <laughs> you're welcome, guys. Yeah. Finally, Colburn was put on waivers. His poor performance during the up. whole Vancouver series and Edmonton, not caring, not coming back, not playing defense, cleared waivers, fine. You're put on the taxi squad. We don't friggin' need you. <laughs> no. Bye. Later. Another interesting news, uh, Derek Stepan. I finally said you his said name his right. You said his name right. There Woo-hoo! you go. Nice. Um, there's a lot of rumors circling around Derek. Um, it's no surprise that he has missed his family, who is all back in Arizona. He wants out of Ottawa. He's not getting along with the coach. The coach is not getting along with Derek. And it sucks for Ottawa and Sens fans because we expected so much more from Derek. I mean, did you really expect him to be a top scorer? No. I didn't expect to be a top scorer, but at least creating opportunities, creating plays. He looks like he just doesn't want to be out there. And it's just sad because we did give up a second round pick for him. It is a bit of a, a um, um, you don't want to say a waste, but I mean, second round could go either way with being a good picker a not so good pick. right so, but still it's just still to lose that it's disappointing and and a player like Stepan is someone who you want to contribute to help your young guys get algamated with the game and understand how the game works on an everyday basis and i get it he's on the east coast his family's on the west coast still back in arizona but he knew this but he knew that coming into it and what did you expect you know what i say play hockey for those two to three hours a night, show that you want to be there, and like when you get home, FaceTime your family. You're getting paid to play professionally, and it's your job to not let that stuff affect you. Now, it's easier for us to say here. Because, right. you know, we don't have a family our, that we can't see. Exactly. I totally we get see it. our family and stuff. But at the same time, you, you guys, you, you knew what you were getting yourself into having a career like this. I'm sure it's not the first time that you miss your family because of this. And it's normal. It's a normal human thing. But at the same time, be professional about it. Go out there. Play your game. Show that you want to be there like you said. Then when you go home, FaceTime your family. During the day, FaceTime your family. I know you want to be around them. 
But the reality is, it's it's not We're living that easy. in tough times. It's tough right times now. for everyone. Okay. Just be happy Plain that your family simple. is safe and do what you are being paid for, which is perform on the ice, which Stepan is not doing. No, another note about Derek Stepan. Uh, he changed his number from oh, yeah. 15 to 21. So he took not only Logan Brown's position. Yeah, in the lineup. Yeah. In the lineup. Now he takes his number, which Logan did offer him to yes, him he did. when he first came here. Being the good little rookie. He so is. he asked for it. And, of course, good guy Logan Brown gives it to him. And Derek actually said something really funny in the media. He said, when Logan Brown gets up here, he's going to take care of him. Now, he did get called up to the taxi squad, Logan Brown. So is that we how he took see- care of him? Yeah, I don't know. We will be seeing him, but I think Derek is on his way out of Ottawa sh- shortly. You know, there's rumors told that him and Riley are oh, told not to get too comfortable, which I pray every isn't night that Isn't Riley your happens. favorite player? Oh, please. I'm not getting into that because I had a meltdown last week, and I really don't want to you know work I don't, myself up as, there. As a, as a Leaf fan, so as, as a person from the outside... You, you do notice these things sometimes with certain players and I did I have noticed Riley has been playing very poorly and I know it even more in detail because you speak of it almost every night that we talk about I watch him play and I cringe yeah it's he's not a very good defenseman my god you're he's, horrible he's no Zaitsev no Shabbat <laughs> please I can't believe I said that Zaitsev oh my god <laughs> top two defenseman Other, good for him I, I know whatever another positive note that I'm taking is Anisimov, Paquette, Colburn. They all sat out against Montreal. Now, we didn't win game two on Saturday afternoon. Still a close game. It was a very close game, but we played well. Like This is a team that are now starting to gel together. The young group core that we all hope to watch from the beginning. That being said, we're not going to win all of them. We're not going to win every single game. But seeing how they're performing so much better than we did two weeks ago, it... It's positive for Sens Nation and Sens fans across the globe. So that's great news. And there. it's and it's crazy because, again, Dorian and Smith obviously listened to us. Obviously. And played the young guys that they were supposed to play. Like I've said weeks Maybe ago. Maybe it was all your Twitter action. Oh, I was going off on Twitter. Maybe you were trending so much and you didn't even realize how much you were trending. And <laughs> it caught Dorian. Maybe it caught Ottawa's PR and it showed maybe. it to Dorian and Smith and said, yeah, maybe we should play the young guys. But in all seriousness, you have those young guys there for a reason. Like you said, get them in the lineup. Get them playing. You're going to make the mistakes. And it's about time, Dave. And, and, and look what happened. You played one of the top teams in the NHL right now to two one-goal games. You won one and you lost one. And there's nothing to hang your head over that loss. It was 1-1 in the first period all the way until the third period. And Montreal, because they're a good team, found a way to pull it off. And... It's not like you guys we slept gave up. On them. It was a seven-one game. No, exactly. it was a close game. And another positive note: we are seeing Tim Stutzla on the first power play. Good. Finally, more Stutzla. And guess what, Dave? Stutzla, Stutzla, Stutzla love Stutzla, the German. See Stutzla. <laughs> he scored. Great of pass from he Batherson. Scored. He's a he good player. He ripped one pass carry. He's got Price. talent. Okay. And I guess this is what I've been saying from day one. This guy needs to play on the first power play unit. Yeah, what, what's, what is, why is that happening? Why is he not playing there? What do you mean? Why you is mean he not playing? Before? Why oh, is he not he, playing on the first power play? You got to ask DJ. You got to ask DJ that question because it really might. You got to get this kid going. Yeah. And for him playing in that position and scoring just goes to show DJ. 
you listen to Alicia Scotolaire <laughs> because I know what I know what your team needs, plain and simple. We know what we're talking and about. And don't come at me. Don't at her. Okay? Because <laughs> she'll let you have it. She lets me have it every day. <laughs> I do. I know. She rips on me all the time for no reason. But the fact of the matter is the Senators are playing who they're supposed to play now. Your veterans are supposed to be there to help your young talent on your team. And you have a lot of young talent. That young talent is going to make mistakes. They're not going to be good defensively because they're still getting used to the NHL game. Those are the expectations that you have of this team. Those veteran players are supposed to show them the way. Which one of your veteran players is still in the lineup? Watson. Because he knows how to handle his players and his teammates. He knows he's not there to score goals. He'll pitch in every now and then. But he's there to show the guys the ropes. And that's what you need right now with this team. Because who knows? If you continue to play like this with your young guys, and the young guys start to showcase their talents a little more, it might be down the road during the season, hey, your Edmontons, your Vancouvers, your Calgarys, they might start going on some losing streaks. And then lo and behold, the Senators might have... We might move up in the standings. You might move up in the standings because of those losing streaks. You might pull out a 10-game winning streak. I don't know. I'm throwing it out there. Let's say that happens, and you're a few points out of a playoff spot. You're playing these young guys, and they're starting to get a taste of blood. They're starting to get a taste of what it takes to win at this level. And I wouldn't be that surprised if it got to that point, if these teams were losing and the Senators made a run to grab that last playoff spot. Not saying it's going to happen, and it shouldn't be a surprise if it doesn't happen because they're still a young team. But in order for you to give your team a chance, let those players play. Let them play, DJ. Before you lose your job. And I take over. <laughs> <laughs> and now, presenting your Chooch of the Week. Your Chooch of the Week for episode number seven is... Tony D'Angelo. As voted by you, the fans. The Italian. Tony D'Angelo is your Chooch of the Week. We did address the Tony D'Angelo situation on last week's podcast. So I'm going to reiterate why Tony D'Angelo is, in fact, the Chooch of the Week. Here's a guy who finished last year's NHL season on a strong note, finishing fourth in defensive scoring with 53 points in 68 games. The New York Rangers rewarded him with a two-year $9.6 million contract, $4.8 million a year. So this guy is not a pushover of a player. This is a good player you can have on your team. You can make a difference on or supposed to make your difference on the team. Apparently, he's had a lot of ice off ice issues with the coaching staff with other players. He was given one more chance by GM Jeff Gordon. And after last Saturday or two Saturdays ago, the OT lost to Pittsburgh. He got into a heated exchange with your goaltender of all players, of all people on your team. You start berating your goaltender. Gorgiev didn't like that and obviously got into the confrontation with him. It's reported that Chris Chris Kreider got involved as well. Punches were thrown. And from there, Jeff Gorton said that Tony D'Angelo has played his last game with the New York Rangers. And now he hasn't played since. He's basically chooch on a log. Just sitting sitting there. And he was thrown on waivers and no one picked it up. And no one picked up because they don't want that toxic player coming into a positive environment at at that price that's a large price to have a player like that on your team that's a huge risk at 4.8 a year and you weren't performing so my 
guess is that he'll have to have his contract terminated or something like that in order for him to get a chance in the NHL again because no team is going to take a chance on a guy like that. Here's a guy who is a has a long history of questionable on-ice moves in the OHL. He was basically suspended for using inappropriate language, foul language towards a referee. And now he is someone who also has started a podcast that centers around his COVID denials and his bigoted ideologies. He was a Trump supporter who also was in support of those who stormed the Capitol. And we all know how that ended up. So you can have your political views and everything, but if it's going to cause a distraction for your team, no team is not only going to take a chance on you at $4.8 million a year, but not take a chance on you because of your toxic nature in the dressing room. There was a little bit of a toss-up from last week. Should Chooch of the Week been DJ Smith or Tony D'Angelo? And the reason why we went with DJ Smith is because of the whole cabacle the Sens were in. But yes. Tony D'Angelo obviously hasn't played uh, since that altercation with the goalie and yeah. his team. Yeah. And him sitting out you're not doing nothing yeah you're you've earned your you've earned your status you ruined yourself a little and bit. i don't think he's gonna get signed this year he might but i think what has happened has happened for a reason so for that reason tony d'angelo you are our chooch of the week donkey <laughs> as i mentioned this week to end off our episode we did a bit of a q a on Instagram, which was good because people did Love ask that. us some questions. So we're going to answer, uh, ask, answer, oh my God, answer two questions. <laughs> She's getting so nervous. She's oh so excited. God, I know. Here we go. <laughs> First question was, why does Ottawa play great against teams like Montreal and Toronto, but lose to everyone else? And this was from one of my buddies, Rahil. Great question. I think, honestly, it starts a bit of a rivalry between the two teams. And going back to their history, too, I mm-hmm. find that there's always a little bit more of eagerness to play harder and oh, yeah, spark sure. stuff between both of the teams. It's, so. what, it's what made the North Division so exciting because of all the rivalries that have been created. Look at what this podcast is called. Right. So, and I think because Ottawa and uh, Montreal and Toronto, they do play each other quite a bit during the regular season. Even before this. Even yeah. before playing in the North Division. Mm-hmm. Playing teams like Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, like we don't really, and Winnipeg, we don't really know what their team is about. We only play them maybe once or twice a year mm-hmm. at best. Yeah. So playing always against, you know, odd, um, Montreal and Toronto, I think that does spark something between players and wants them to get them Gets going. you jacked up. Yeah. Gets Just like the first game. We won against the Leafs. The first game. We were hungry. We are yep. ready to play that team. You get more focused on the, the goal at hand, whereas being in the Eastern Conference, obviously before this, you have more to know about the team within your conference, within your division. And the teams out West, you don't really know about. So it's kind of a guessing game. I mean, you do your homework a little bit, but sometimes it doesn't always work in your favor. So that's why sometimes Ottawa might lose to those. And it is funny that both of our wins does come from from Montreal and Toronto. Uh, So kudos to the sense. All right, Dave, this question is from you. Shoot. This This one was from SmokeJ2040. Let's hear it. Who slots into the second line for the Leafs now that Simmons is out? Um, I think that's an interesting question because you don't have a lot. You have a lot of players that can come into the lineup, but not necessarily that can come into the second line right away. 
Um, the easy answer, there's two easy answers. One being Micaiah because he has been there for a while, so you just throw him up there. They've tried that already, and it hasn't really worked out. He's doing pretty well with that third line of Kerfoot and VC, so I think it's a mistake to take him out of there because he's starting to come into his own a little bit. The next option you might have is a guy like Boyd to throw up in there in the second line. The reason why I say Boyd is because he's already a proven, he's a young guy, and by no means am I saying he's a veteran, but he's playing like a veteran. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's been in those high-pressure games already. Give him a shot on the second line, he might surprise you. And if he doesn't, no big deal. The beauty about this team and the way Sheldon Keith coaches his team, he's always mixing the lines. And it's a healthy change from when we had Babcock behind the bench where he was set in his ways. He would not split up the lines. He was all about coaching to the lines. and Line one has to play against line three of the other team or whatever it was, or play against line two of the other, whatever it was. Sheldon Keefe is a lot more versatile when it comes to his lineups and when it comes to his in-play strategy or in-game strategy. He's able to switch things up on the fly. So he can throw someone on that second line. He can throw a Matthews, a Marner. He can even throw Hyman on that line. He could double shift guys to play with those two guys, Nylander and Tavares, now that Simmons is out. Robinson is slowly coming back, and if he comes back and he's in form, you can throw him on the second line. I'm not saying as soon as he's healthy again, throw him on the second line right away. Ease him into that position. You're going to ease him into there. And when Thornton comes back, you can easily drop Hyman to the second line and put Thornton back on the first line. Guys, we are going to do this next week. Get your questions ready. Send them to our Instagram page. Don't be scared. Twitter. Just ask yeah, us anything. ask us away. Okay. Ask why Lish likes Ottawa so much. I did get that question. I chose did you actually? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Battle of Ontario Podcast. Uh, we want to thank you, as always, for tuning in, not only every episode, but also being active on our social media feeds, whether it's Twitter or Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter at Battle of On Pod. You can also follow us on Instagram at Battle of Ontario. And our podcasts are obviously found on both Apple and Spotify platforms. We hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, go Leafs go. Uh, uh, uh. Go Sands go, go baby. Go. Let's go. Go Leafs go. go. I said go Leafs go first. <laughs>